Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. We are live. Oh my goodness. Shut up show. We are live for another episode of the Shut Up Show. I've got an awesome new friend here. We've got Greg Hickman on the show. And yes, you did see a little bit of robot dancing with Bernie and Greg. So <laughs> we're fools, dancing fools. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you so much for having me, Bernie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I have to apologize again. Um, I just got back from Misfit Conference a couple days ago, and as you can tell, I have a raspy voice. That's how good it was. We had we had a really good time. A lot of amazing misfits. And uh, I mean, what what better place to be with a bunch of other people who want to change the world? I mean, that that's just bottom line. What we did. But um, anyway, so I'll let Greg do all the talking anyway, guys, so you don't have to listen to my raspy voice. But uh, a quick shout-out. I need to send a huge thank you to Mangan Pangan, who recently became uh, a really like awesome new friend and soul sister. We've got so much in common. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on her podcast recently, Love and Entrepreneurship, and she mentioned that I needed to have Greg Hickman on my show. And I'm like, I know that dude. Well, I don't know him personally. I'm like... I got to get him on the shut up show because we talk about fear here, Greg. And I've heard your story being told before, and I know that the level of success you've seen did not come without a lot of failure and a lot of fear. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. With that, I'm going to shut the hell up. <laughs> and the show's all yours. Welcome again. Can you start by giving us a foundation and kind of tell us that pivotal moment in your life where you realize enough is enough, this isn't the story I want to write anymore, here's what I want to do? Yeah, so, um, well, and thanks again for having me. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I started a business with a couple of old colleagues. I won't go into the whole history, but I was involved in mobile marketing, so like smartphone apps, text message marketing, before the iPhone existed and really fell in love with it and kind of thought it was going to be the future, which it basically is now. And um, we wanted to, we both worked together at an agency doing mobile and we both left and we wanted to start our own like strategy company. And we did that and it was on the side. Um, and then I actually left the job that I was with at the time. And, um, you know, I was kind of the face of the company and we were trying to get clients. We brought some clients on from our old relationships. It was going okay. It wasn't really making a lot of money. Um, I knew that I wanted to own my own business, uh, not much earlier than when we started it. Uh, I, I thought that it was something we could do and it was a topic that we had experience in um, and I was intrigued by the idea of working for myself. I didn't know anything about it um, but we started tackling that. We weren't really seeing much success outside of the clients that we already had. Like getting new clients was really, really hard um, and it got to the point where I needed to get a full-time job. So I got a full-time job. We kept doing it on the side. wasn't working. Um, and I got to the point where we brought on another partner. It turned into a tech company. 
um, like a text message marketing software, which also just you know chugged along. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to start something where I'm the only person that's starting it, so I could be nimble. And you know, even a three-person company, when you're all equal partners, which I advise you don't do, um, is that like you have to go to everybody and make sure you're always on the same page. And it, even though we were three people, we were not as nimble as we should have been. And I just saw us not making progress because of that. Um, and so we shut the company down. And I really, it, but in that one process, I did learn that what the market needed from mobile was was education like we were trying to sell it but we had a tough time selling it because people didn't get it so that's when I started my own blog and podcast called mobile mixed and it was purely out of selfish reasons I'm like I'm gonna go talk to the people that are doing the coolest things in mobile so that everyone else can hear how they think about it um, because it's a bigger it's bigger than just having an app and so I went out and started interviewing people and I thought Maybe at some point one of these people will maybe hire me. Um, maybe I'll find a consulting job or something. I didn't really have men, many more expectations other than build relationships with these really pe these people that I admired, and two, maybe get some sort of door that opens up that could lead me somewhere else in the future. And I, I started recording episodes, recording episodes, and you know. That has turned into, you know, now I have, as of today, is the 111th episode has gone live on the Mobile Mixed podcast, which started in, like, June of 2012, so I haven't missed a single week since. Um, and uh, through that, I actually got a better job opportunity, which I was building up momentum. I was ready to take the leap, um, or at least leave my job. Uh, and I was doing mobile in that job as well too. So it wasn't like I was doing mobile over here and doing something completely different. It was the same industry. And a big brand came to me and were like, hey, we're moving a digital office into Denver. We'd love for you to build our team. And I was like, okay, this is an amazing opportunity. This is two years ago. That would have been my dream. Now I'm kind of like on the entrepreneurial kick. I want to do build this online business. Um, but the fear kicked in, and I was like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? You know, I'm making a little bit of money, but not enough to survive yet. I'm building tons of momentum, getting speaking gigs. Like, everything's going in the right direction. I want to give it my all, but financially, I was, I was afraid. Um, so I took the full-time job, knowing that I probably wouldn't be there for over a year. And that was January of 2013, and I quit December of 2013. So I was there for just less than a year. Um, and, I mean, I kept building things on the side and um, made some major life changes that afforded me the opportunity to, to transition out. And that was selling, the main one was selling my house. Um, but through the blog, I launched my own training course, which started bringing in money. The affiliate revenue started. I was getting consulting projects. And the momentum was even higher um, mid of mid 2013 that it was so much higher that like I couldn't ignore the momentum and I couldn't ignore and keep turning down all of the opportunities that were coming my way um, and that's when I was like I'm gonna have to make a choice um, so I sold my house so that I could pay off all my debt and have a little bit of a safety net and um, between that and the revenue that was coming in which probably made up about 60% of my 
previous paycheck. Um, that's like where I was financially and, um, which was, I could live off. I could live off that. I was making, you know, a very good salary, just well, low six figures, um, full in my full time job. So I was making about 60% of that, which I had lived off before. So I knew it was possible. Um, but in selling my house, changed my, um, you know, all the expenses, lowered every expense I had, you know, sold a bunch of stuff and, really focused on growing the business. Now is December. So, I mean, I've really been full-time for myself only since really January of this year, 2014, when we're talking. Um, so it hasn't been that long. So I'm still in the early stages. <laughs> so still very afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that is so awesome too. And, and, I, and I heard a little bit of the story on um, Inspiring Innovation Podcast with Moran. But um, the question that I had in that interview, I'm like, oh my God, I wish he could tell me this. You first talked about how you went from having a three-man team and then moving over to be a solo, which I'm, I'm kind of hearing the opposite happen quite frequently where where people who are solo are being told to partner up or collaborate with others. So aside from making that change, what do you think you did right this time around, Greg, where before it was just a side hustle, but then now you're seeing traction and it's it's a real viable business. What what's the biggest thing that you see is working right this time around? Um really good question. So uh I think the challenge with the three people for me was that I couldn't take action as fast as I wanted to. So like this whole concept of like failing fast, we failed really slow. And <laughs> like, which is why like that company existed for like three years, but like really didn't do much of anything. Um, so like the ability to take action, fail and keep going and iterate, we weren't really good at because we all had to always be on the same page and that's probably because I didn't know how to grow a team and you know it was we were all remote we all had full-time jobs like I, I couldn't make everyone take it as seriously as I took it um, not that they didn't take it seriously I just felt like I took it the most serious um, so that's why that didn't work for me but also like what we had started when we decided to make it a tech text message marketing company we were trying to sell every and any small business owner. So we were, we were working with coffee shops, bike shops, golf courses, and it was really hard to get clients because we had no focus. People were like, oh, like, what do you specialize in? And like, we didn't, we, we just were trying to get everybody. And then we decided to specialize in golf courses. And that's like when we actually started getting a little bit of traction. But by that time, it was almost too late. So I did learn the lesson of focus on a specific type of customer. Um, and I actually didn't even do that when I started my blog um, because I knew everything, not everything, I know a lot about mobile, but I didn't know anything about building an online business, blogging, podcasting, any of that. Um, so I took a course. I invested in myself in that. Um, I didn't really do any investing in myself in the previous company. Um, I hired a coach. I, went, I joined a local mastermind. Um, I think I overall I just... I had a clear vision of what I was looking to do, even though I didn't know the clear path. And I had a unique like avatar or customer in mind. And that kind of kept me going. Um, but I definitely, even still, when I started Mobile Mixed, I was sort of, like in hindsight, all over the place. <laughs> um, <laughs> For well, that's least, what happens when you're you like you're multifaceted in a lot of things. Right? Yeah, for like at least six months, you know, like it was at least six months that like I was, 
I was at the point where I felt like it just turned into an interview show. Yeah. Um, and that's all it was. There was no business. Like, that was it. I was like, I was just chasing interview after interview. And like, I would post interviews back then on Wednesdays. And I would remember like people would postpone or cancel the interview. And then we'd have to reschedule. And we'd reschedule for like Tuesday night. And then I was up all night editing just so that I'd have an episode live on Wednesday. Sometimes I would have to do an interview Wednesday morning, post it, and then go to my job just so there was one on Wednesday. So like the, the time at which it went live on Wednesday wasn't always consistent, but there was always one on Wednesday. So there was no systems. There was, there was nothing in place. Um, and over time, I learned how to plan ahead, systematize, ask for help. So I think what you talked about earlier about the, you know, you hear people saying they're bringing on more help. I think the difference there is like I have a virtual assistant now, but like it was all up to me to find her. It was all up to me to say, is she the right one for me versus, hey, you, hey, you, like do we all agree on this person? And like to get all of us on the same page from the get-go was really, really hard, which slowed us down. So I'm not against teams. I want to build a team, and I'm already building a team, but – we had the team without customers first, which like every decision had to go through the team. And I don't think we were necessarily all on the same page. So that was obviously a problem. Well, I'm hearing two distinct things and correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first thing in, and I've, and I've learned this in sales is when everybody owns it, nobody owns it. Mm -hmm. So so I kind of feel like maybe there's a little bit of that going on, right? Like it's everybody's vision. It's everybody's responsibility, but there still needs to be one person who takes the initiative mm-hmm. or maybe one person who kind of owns the control of everything and kind of you know rallies everybody together. And I feel like that is sometimes why we can't be as nimble when we do have partnerships because maybe one person's not stepping up, you know, for that very reason yeah. you say. It's like we all need to get on the same page, but who's there's still got to be somebody in control, exactly. right? Yeah, and that, and really, I tried to be that, but it it wasn't really that. <laughs> that's partly my fault. That's partly my fault right. too. Like I totally accept ownership over that. Like I could have been been better, but I mean it was my first attempt at this. Like I didn't know what I was doing, and I'm still working on being a better leader. Like right. to my virtual, like even with my virtual assistant. Like I mean, she could be doing way, way much more for me right now, and she tells me that every day. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, bear with me. I'm like, when you see an opportunity, tell me. And like she's been even bringing opportunities to me. I'm like, oh my god. Like I didn't even think about that. Like sweet. So. You know, I need to enable her, and you know, building that relationship has like I've been working with her now for over a year. Started part time, and just in April of this year, I brought her on full time. And I still don't have enough to give her for my full time, but I know that I need her, and I know that by paying her full time, I will find things to give her to work right. full time. And I've gotten I, every day; I get better. If she's That's if she awesome. listens to this, she might disagree, but I think I'm getting better. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And, and I think another thing you said without saying it too um, is the piece about being more intentional and being more focused on who you want to serve and, and how you want to show up in the world. And I think we all make the mistake when we first start anything, but especially we online entrepreneurs and content creators, when, when we all start, everybody wants to be for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to people before. I'm like, oh, who do you help? Who's your customer? Oh, I don't want to you know, be too narrow about it. I can help everybody. And, I, and in yeah. me, I'm like, okay, do I want to go there with that conversation and tell them what's wrong with that? Yeah. When, 
when did you find out, like how far in, in this like online space did it take you to finally go, oh, that's my niche, like those are the people I want to help? Yeah, well, so it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to niche down and, you know, at first it was mobile. No one was talking about mobile, so mobile is a niche. And my intention when I started the show was to be interviewing these bigger brands, people that were doing really cool things, and then break that down for the small business owner because that's who I really wanted to help, the smaller businesses, smaller, medium-sized businesses. But because of the way that I had to chase interviews because I didn't have systems, because I didn't know what I was doing, it ended up, I never ended up really breaking anything down for the small business owner. So like, I gather people were really confused when they got to my site and didn't couldn't tell if I was talking to them or not. And until I, you know, I actually started so sort of working with I was working with Pat Flynn, you know, like he became a good friend of mine and like kind of asking questions. I was like, "Hey, like I'm confused, blah blah blah." And he kind of gave me some he started asking me some questions that got me to the point where I was asking myself more of the right questions and then kind of tackling it from there. And one of those is like, when someone gets to your site, what do you want them to know? And I wanted them to know that it was for small business owners. And like, I didn't, my, my podcast wasn't focused on that. So like I made it one episode that was basically dedicated to telling everybody what I'm going to be talking about moving forward and saying that if you're not a small business, Hey, you can keep listening. But like, I'm really here to help the small business owner. And then from there, it's even evolved since then to the point where like I just did a survey earlier this year and most of my engaged audience are people that are marketing consultants that serve small business owners and they want to offer mobile services in addition to what they already do maybe it's social maybe it's email and or someone wants to start their own mobile marketing agency so it's they want to be the mobile marketing provider so my content has shifted a little bit since then. That launched or like really kind of triggered me to create the Mobile Marketing Business Academy, which I am officially launching here in the next few weeks probably. I, I have a handful of charter members in there now. I pre-sold it without building it. I got like eight to ten people in there. I'm getting feedback from them and like that's where I'm really learning like okay like I know that you guys are my avatar now I want to really hone in on is the content that I was planning for this academy exactly what you need and you know they've come back and said I want this I want that I don't need this so like that's helped me kind of create the content that's now in this product that I'll be able to take to more people that'll be more refined and you know set up for people when I officially launch it. So the constant conversation, surveying, asking questions, engaging with people that engage with you has really been helpful for me. Like I would listen, I, I would think I was listening to what they were telling me but I wasn't really listening until I like really focused on looking at their question and saying okay what are they really asking me here? And then going a few emails back and forth. And I mean, yeah, it's tiring. It's a lot of people trying to keep a lot of conversations. You're juggling a lot of balls. But like the information that you get back from those people has been invaluable. Of the survey, I even called like three or, or no, I called like five or ten of them. And like spoke with them on the phone or Skype. Like I heard the language that they were using. 
and then I use that language back to communicate with them. So when I did that, they're like, oh, he's talking to me. Like, <laughs> I want that. Like, I feel this way. And I didn't know that until recently either. So, like, you, you know. Well, not to cut you off, but you know, Greg, it's so interesting because when you think about it, marketing really is that simple, right? It's a very simple concept. You know, to get in the head of the customer, to understand the voice of the customer, you have to talk to your customers. So mm -hmm. what do you think, from your experience and from the conversations you've had with your clients and the people you serve, why don't they do this? What are they afraid of? I don't know if it's fear, but why don't you think people are talking to their prospects and customers more? I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of reasons. One, they don't know how, they don't know to do this, they don't know how to do it, or at least in a genuine way. And most of them probably don't take action on it. Like, they probably know they're just not acting on it or validating it. Like, I mean, when I did my survey and, like, the, the information came back that the core audience was, you know, these this group of people that wanted to build their own mobile marketing agency, to further validate that, I went and called these people, like I said, and on that call, I was like, hey, if I made this product and I explained what I was thinking about, would this be something you're interested in? And they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, would you pay this price for it? And actually, I asked them what they would pay. Then I told them what the price, what the price was going to be, and we talked back and forth about that. And I validated, like, price point, why they would want to buy a product like this, what the goals were. Like, I could say, hey, build a mobile marketing agency because it's the hottest thing to do. Like, everyone's talking about mobile. Like, it's going to be a great way to build a business. But, like, what people are saying is, I want to build a mobile marketing business because I'm looking for an additional stream of income that's going to be one to $2,000 a month, and it's going to allow me more financial freedom so that I can spend more time with my kids. Like, if I'm not Boom. saying, if I'm not saying <laughs> right. that, like, if, I, if my, so when I did my webinar to pre-sell it, I was like, are you looking to build a mobile marketing business because you're looking for more freedom? You want to spend more time with your family? You want to make an additional one to $2,000 a month? Like, I just said all of the things that they just told me. And that's like, that becomes my goal. Like, my goal is this course for them to make an additional one to $2,000 a month. Like, that's the plan for this I mean, you can make more if you want, but, like, that's how I'm measuring success. Like, if I can get these people to make that much money. But if I just said, hey, mobile's hot, that's why you need a mobile marketing business, like, that wouldn't have resonated with anybody. Um, so I think it really is just understanding the language that they use because you could think you have the benefits nailed down, but even if the benefits don't speak to the end result of what, they are looking for by investing in you, you're not gonna, they're not gonna feel like you're talking to them. So, right. like, get them the result and speak to the result. Right. I saw somebody retweet you today, or at least uh, tweet a quote that you said today, and I probably will get it wrong, but uh, you said something along the lines of you have to give value, right, before yeah. you can get something in return. Mm -hmm. Take me through that a little bit. Where, where did you learn that from in terms of serving people, being of value rather than just, like you said, being flashy and saying, hey, I can help you make money. There's something more deeper than that. Uh, you're, yeah. you're evoking emotion in people. Did you learn from a mentor? Take us through where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't have like a specific person that I initially learned it from, but there's a lot of people that talk about it that come to mind. One, Noah Kagan who is the founder of AppSumo, 
like one of the main people that I follow. I think he's brilliant. I love his personality. Um, and he always talks about like how you engage with other people and you know all that stuff. So he's always been someone that's kind of harped on that. Pat Flynn was one. Um, Jason and Jeremy from Internet Business Mastery are people that I listened to early. David Simon Garland from Rise of the Top. I mean, I took his course, Create Awesome Interviews, which is like the, the step-by-step that I followed to launch Mobile Mix because it started off as a video-based interview show um, for like 40 episodes before I went audio only. So a lot of people, but I think what I didn't, like the, the struggle with that statement to me was always like it was presented to me in that like I need to go and do something for someone else and sometimes I didn't know what like what could I go do for Pat Flynn right like and this is what I told myself like could I go design something or yeah and there's a lot of ways I didn't look at all of the ways that I could deliver value Um, I just was myself and then I realized the way that I was being was in fact delivering some value so like I mean in meeting Pat, like we have a lot in common. So like just having conversations about stuff we both have in common is adding value. It's building a relationship. When it comes to like some other things that I did specifically, I noticed and other people told me that, hey, no one else is talking about mobile marketing. This is something you've been working on. You need to go to other people's audiences and teach their audiences about mobile and they're going to want that because they want to add value to their own audience. So by you going and saying, hey, look, you talk about all these things, but mobile is affecting all these things. Let me join you on your podcast and we can talk about it. And you can then add this content, you know, give this value to your own customers. So everyone that's out there, podcasters, bloggers, you know, they're trying to deliver value to their audience. So Pat was like, you know, you can be on my show. Um, I want to bring you on to talk about mobile. And then Jason and Jeremy, actually, I was on their show first. They were like, hey, will you write three blog posts for us? And then will you be a guest on our podcast? I was like, absolutely. So they'd bring me on. And now I'm like their go-to mobile expert um, for their community. And they look like they're, and they look good because they went out to find someone that knew more about something than they did to teach their audience. Like they didn't go and because that's not what they're teaching they're not teaching hey go learn everything they're teaching go learn what you need to learn when you need to learn it and they needed to learn mobile so they went and started talking to me so that then they can share that with their with their 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 customers so I did that and I did it over and over and over again and that got me on a handful of other podcasts then I asked so like I mean I asked to deliver the value so I was like hey you're not talking about this I went to I reached out to Rick Calvert, who organizes New Media Expo, and I said, hey, Rick, I was at New Media Expo last year. It was an amazing experience, but nobody was talking about mobile. I'm like, I know you focus on new media. Mobile is dramatically affecting new media. Here's how. This is my experience. Like, I would love to speak in 2013. And he, like, we had hopped on the phone. We talked for like an hour and a half, and next thing you know I got invited to speak at New Media Expo so like right. I went and asked it wasn't like he didn't come to me and, <laughs> but I used all of those podcasts I'm like look I've been on Pat Flynn's show he's speaking there I've been on Internet Business Mastery they're speaking there I've been on I'm about to be on Amy Porterfield's show she's speaking there and like so it was just like one after the other I'm like here look here are all these people that you already trust 
that are now trusting me, like trust me to deliver good content as a speaker. So I got that one, and then I got to be a guest on Social Media Examiner with Michael Stelzner, who's an awesome person. And once I got to be a guest on his show, he's like, hey, I have this virtual summit. Would you like to speak there? I said, yes. And then from there, he said, would you like to speak at Social, social Media Marketing World? I said, yes. And like, then you start leveraging those as credentials to be like, look, like this is what I've been able to speak. You know, I can deliver. And you know, I have I've built all of my speaking gigs based off of those. And again, like for me, it's been the t it's been the topic, uh, primarily the topic is that no one else is talking about it really. So I've been able to leverage my experience in that area to deliver value to people that are talking about other things, but it's still relatable. Right. So I would just say <laughs> whatever you know, focus on that and try to deliver that to someone that that isn't delivering it. That that's that's an awesome segue because then and here's why anybody who is watching this episode from the beginning you talked about how you left your full-time gig to do the entrepreneur thing full-time and it's only been about six months but what people don't realize is you've been in the the, the online space or the marketing space you've understood mobile you've understood social media for a very long time if yeah. I'm not mistaken you said 2005 or yeah and it was even two before years that. before it was a year or two before that when I first started at my right. first marketing age. yeah I mean I've been in the marketing world for a long time right um, so so well yeah. well over about maybe 10 years or close to 10 years right yeah. and so yeah. I've heard people say all the time like oh you know this overnight success out of the blue but the thing is this oh. is an overnight success 10 years in the making right yeah, and, I mean <laughs> and I actually I, I didn't even look at I mean I guess I have but like I haven't really looked at it even as like 10 years but like I look at it as you know, I started my blog in 2012, my podcast in 2012. Like, I mean, I was at least a year and a half in of blogging on a regular basis, podcast on a regular basis, started going to these conferences, connecting with these influencers, reading this, reading about this stuff, taking action, just trying to figure it out. And like, I've learned a lot along the way, obviously. And like, but it's taken even, even in the learning of the online marketing part, like, that was a year and a half overnight success, right? right, and, right. You know, like, and I still have a ways to go. Like, <laughs> I have a ways to go. But, I mean, I've been working at it for a while. Absolutely, you have. You know, and and so given that, my next question. This is this is very important because you know people think that there's this there that they need to get to, right? And once they get there, they're never going to worry again. Nothing, you know, they're never going to be afraid again. They know all the answers. There will be no problems, no issues. Life will be awesome, right? Mm -hmm. You and I both know that that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so given that, my next question for you is, what are you afraid of right now, Greg, as we sit here and we have this conversation? What's keeping you up at night? What, well, what's keeping me up at night isn't necessarily – well, actually, you know what? So I'm dealing with this lower back issue, and I've been going okay. through physical, physical therapy um, for the last month, and it's gotten a little bit better but it's like very painful at night like I've been having a tough time literally a physically tough time sleeping at night because of the pain I mean I'm afraid that it's not gonna get better I'm afraid that like better from where it is I'm afraid that I might need surgery like what's that gonna be like I had my first acupuncture appointment today like I'm like trying any and everything that will help me get through this like investing in myself to try new things to get get through this but like I mean I'm afraid of my health because of it but like when it comes to the business and stuff, I mean, I mean, 
I don't know when this is going to go live, but I mean, April for me was like a really good month. I did for me, it was my highest month in revenue. It was like sixteen thousand dollars in 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 um, April that I earned. May is probably going to be like seven, six or seven. So like half, almost half of that. You know, so like, I mean, I'm seeing things to start to play out. I guess one of my fears is that I am not taking enough action, even though I'm, I think I'm taking a lot of action. Um, I just, I, I feel like that I could always be doing more and maybe working, being more efficient. Um, I'm moving into a new house with my fiance and I'm afraid that my work habits well, I'm afraid that I'm going to still work too much. Like, I love working on my on my business. Like, I love blogging. I love talking to people like yourself. I could do it all day. And sometimes I do. <laughs> that's Same not here. Yeah, that's not fair to her. That's not fair to our relationship. And I'm afraid that I'm going to keep doing that. Um, so, like, I look to that and say, I need, I need to figure out one, how to t be able to turn off and two, how to be even more structured and effective in the amount of hours that I'm giving myself to work. And I've d come a long way since January. I know there's still a lot to go. Um, I guess I'm afraid of if I don't get there fast enough, what, what consequences are going to, ha are going to, you know, Result from that, so I'm definitely afraid of, afraid of that. I would say, but I mean, like, I would used to say I'm afraid of the unknown, like not knowing what's going to happen. But, and I guess there's always a little bit of that fear. But at the same time, like what I've learned through like my coaches and mentors is like when you're afraid of something like that, like you're most likely you're going in the right direction, and you should go towards that. So. I'm actually trying to be more aware of things that I'm afraid of and identify what that is and then do more of it. So I'm trying to have the mindset of fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. Fear is more of like a beacon of something that I should be going towards, which is not what was traditionally my mindset. So hopefully I that answers it. the answer. No, I the absolutely question. love it. I, I really do. Somebody told me one time that if you're not afraid, um, then you don't care enough about that thing that you're afraid of. And so to me, uh, I completely agree with you. It is it is a beacon, and it is a sign that this is something that you should be moving towards, right? Because if we're not afraid of it, or if we're not a little bit nervous, we're not a little bit anxious, we're not going to do our best to try mm -hmm. to make it the best thing possible. I mean, just like, you know, getting up in front of a room and having to give a speech. If you're not a little nervous, then you're not going to care about the message that you're conveying to the audience. Just as being a content creator, an online marketer, a podcaster, you know, whatever it is, I think a little bit of that nervousness and anxiety fuels us to be that much better and that much more prepared. Yeah, so. and, you know, it's interesting because, like, I even just had, like, a little mini breakthrough in listening to you say that because... You're welcome. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So well, one, one, key, one key point before I say what I was going to say is there is something to learn from everybody, period. So... If you become, if you encounter a new person, approach it knowing that there is something to learn from that person, um, because you can and will learn something from them. Um, but I was going to say to your point, um, I believe it was Lewis Howes that said it, who's one of my mentors. He said that 
leaders are leaders find comfort in uncomfortable situations and that really has like taken over my mindset because I'm now so aware of when something is uncomfortable and I now use that as sort of an indicator of I'm going in the right direction because this doesn't feel easy it doesn't feel comfortable and kind of the breakthrough was I've probably been complaining a little bit in the last month about my back and like the limitations that I've I'm in I've uh, that have been a result of it and like I've also kind of told myself a few moments like I need to be stronger through this and be more positive but kind of you talking thinking about that Lewis Howes statement is like okay like I'm literally physically living in uncomfort right now because of my back like how can I change my mindset and use that to my advantage is like how I really need to be thinking about it so like no more am I going to be complaining about my back and like making any sort of excuse or anything like find that as an opportunity to like break through onto something bigger so uh, thank you for that but yes You're welcome. it's gonna be uncomfortable <laughs> it's always gonna be uncomfortable Right. I love it. And I'll definitely hold you to that. You know, yeah, yeah. please do. You coach and consult people too, so you understand how important accountability is. One hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> That's the main reason why I coach. Right, exactly. I, I, I totally agree with you. So so we're coming to an end of our conversation here. I'm always so sad by that. Yeah. But um what's most exciting about this piece is this is probably one of the most important parts of it. I always want my guests to pimp themselves out because they are the most modest people in the world. They they do fantastic things, but they're always afraid to talk about their stuff. So, you know, for the next couple of minutes here, tell us what you're working on and how people can find you and your work, Greg. Yeah, so, I mean, from the mobile perspective, I'm really only focused on building and launching this mobile marketing business academy. So, if you're interested in mobile or starting your own mobile agency, um, you should go to mobilemixed.com slash academy and sign up for updates on that. But the more relevant one for this audience, I believe, is is my personal blog, which is greghickman.me, and um, I launched a podcast called Leaving Corporate, and which is going through some about to go through some major shifts um, because of learnings that I'm having with you know that audience. But my main focus is creating content that will help people that are in a corporate position that know that they want to leave, put a plan in place so that they can leave on their own terms. And what I kind of mean by that is, um, it's funny, I was just interviewing Jeff Goings yesterday, which hasn't gone live yet, but I use the term leap, like, which then people think leap of faith, but really it's not a leap of faith. Like, I calculated my risk, I managed my risk, and made a transition when it was opportune moment and he talks about making a bridge which was a great analysis a great analogy of you know you need to create the bridge that's going to allow you to leave your job and that's kind of like that language even is like where I'm gonna be taking a little bit of the brand because like there are many things that I did that allowed me to be sitting here with you right now talking as the expert and I can teach them to other people and that's what I'm getting out of these interviews on leaving corporate and I'm putting together products and stuff like that on my own personal site that will help people start building this momentum before they leave or hopefully before they get fired that they have that momentum to hang their hat on so that they have something that they could be passionate about and that will allow them to leave and not need their job anymore so for me it's 
the, the podcast and really creating some really in-depth how-to instructional content, really in-depth blog posts that are there. So if you want to stay on, you know, in, in, in that realm, just sign up for my newsletter, greghickman.me slash insider, and you'll hear all of that stuff. Awesome. That's so exciting. So that's leaving corporate podcast and greghickman.me slash insider to get on the newsletter. Greg, thank you so much for joining the Shut Up Show community. I'm so damn excited that we had you on. I'm sure uh, if, if you'd be, you know, so kind to come back, I'm sure course, we could yeah. probably get you back for maybe talking a little bit more about like mobile marketing. and, and Yeah, for sure. And thank you awesome. for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So there you guys go. That's another episode of the Shut Up Show. Greg Hickman, check him out. He's awesome. We'll see you next week, folks. Peace. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously, simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook. The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes, search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.